Well, I'm thrilled to be joined by Brenna Green on today's episode. She may not be covering the Zags anymore, but we're going to talk to her about a f- her few final months in Spokane, her conversations with Gonzaga's newcomers and returners, and we're going to touch on conference realignment and her new gig in Portland right here on the Locked on Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked on Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thrilled as always to be joined today by Brenna Green. Brenna just finished up her run as the sports director at KREM in Spokane, is in her first week at COIN in Portland. I know a lot of Gonzaga fans out there are excited to hear and see you once again. Brenna, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I I was very excited for you, obviously, when I heard that you were moving down to Portland. Uh, selfishly, as somebody who is now in my media market, uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I know, obviously, you were somebody who went to Gonzaga's, had a lot of love for Spokane, so I'm kind of curious just what uh, what that kind of process was yeah. like, getting the opportunity to, to obviously go home, to go to a bigger market, but also have to leave somewhere that I know meant a lot to you. Yeah, um, it was the most difficult decision I've ever made in my life, <laughs> period. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, definitely will always love Spokane, will mm-hmm. always have a soft spot for Spokane. Um, and I mean, I don't think I'm going to necessarily be too much of a stranger just because I have so many connections up there still and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, it was it was definitely a, a difficult decision, but it was one I, I, I needed to make for my career. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I, you know, I. <laughs> It's, it's, it's hard to move on from a place like Spokane, especially one that I know so well and that, you know, I kind of knew the lay of the land of and, um, and uh, you know, had, had so many connections in and, and so many people who I, I loved and enjoyed. So. I, this, um, this is probably not going to help your, uh, your, your, your conflicting feelings about it, but I do really want to kind of ask about, you know, have you reflect a little bit on your time in uh-huh. Spokane? Uh, Absolutely. And, Maybe talk about some of your favorite stories or even if yeah. it's just like favorite uh, part of, of the Spokane media market or favorite yeah. teams, play, any of that, you know, whatever yeah. kind of comes to mind. I mean, I think easily my favorite story that I did in Spokane um, was with and, it, and it's not even because of the story, even though I did love the story, but the, the mm-hmm. way that it all kind of came together at the end, I thought was was one of the coolest things that happened to me in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did a story with Jalen Suggs. Um, during the NCAA tournament last year mm-hmm. about um, his connection with his friend who had uh, died by suicide and how mm-hmm. he honored him, his friend Xavier, before every game um, by throwing up bags for him. And um, and so I did uh, a story with him and I just, um, I was so grateful and thankful that Jalen opened up to me about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it was just a story that really, um, I connected a lot to it and I thought was really, really cool and special. 
um, and and said a lot about Jalen as a human being. Um, and so I think honestly, like standalone, that's probably my favorite story. But then you add in the fact that um, on uh, NBA draft night, Jalen um, on the inside of his coat had a quote from the story in oh, yeah. his jacket on the inside of his jacket and so you know i looked at it and i was like that was literally lifted directly from our website and mm-hmm. um that was really cool to you know kind of unknowingly contribute in in, in a little small way that i mean you know mm-hmm. jalen has no idea that that was so cool to me obviously yeah. but um but yeah i think that just kind of shows it kind of like it was a moment that resonated me resonated with me it's like you know hey like what you do does matter and makes an impact. And, um, and so that was really cool because, you know, without that story that quote doesn't get in that jacket and I don't, I don't know what they, what they put in there instead, but right. you know, right. I, I just thought that that was, um, that was a really humbling, cool moment for me. Absolutely. And I, and I know too, like, with uh, Gonzaga being, you know, obviously where you went to school, like, mm-hmm. You, you you separate that when you're covering it. Yes. Like I know oh, yeah, that's something totally. that I have to do, even though like, and it's not even nearly to the extent of being like on the news, um, yeah. you know, but, but it must be cool to have been able to have an impact on somebody like yes. Jalen from your alma mater too. Like that's got to play a part in it I, in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. I think that, you know, for me, like I have so much of a deeper connection to my school mm-hmm. right now than anybody else that was, you know, in my class because I'm around there all the time. Yeah. I know those guys that are playing out on the court and none of my classmates know Drew Timmy. Right. None of my classmates have talked to mm-hmm. Julian Strother. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that is just something that is um, really, really um, awesome for me. And, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, I, I know these kids that are playing out on the court and I, I, I know who they are as human beings, or at least, you know, you, you know, I, uh, you know, on some level who they are. And, right, and I think right. that that's just something that I um, really consider myself to be super lucky um, to, to have. And also, you know, another thing is that, you know, so many um, people, once they graduate from Gonzaga, they never get back into the kennel again. Yeah, I got yeah. to go to the kennel for four straight years even when nobody else was allowed in there in 2020 and 2021, I was there. You know, I got to watch that team in person when the vast majority of people never got to watch that team in person. I got to see like the most, the, the two biggest kennel games in the kennel in Gonzaga history between North Carolina and Texas. And um, I'm just, um, I mean, I guess you could probably throw Michigan state in there too, but that's when I was a student. So I got to see that too. (laughs) Um, Didn't go so well. Uh, But anyways, um, so yeah, that's, that's just something that I never, never took for granted every time I got to step in there because I knew how lucky I was. Um, compared to, to so many other people who would who were never going to be able to be in that building. And I, I have to imagine that you're going to have some similar experiences now in Portland. Obviously, you mm-hmm. you know you grew up a Blazers fan. You've talked a lot about that. You posted that mm-hmm. great video of you being on coin when you were a kid, yeah. <laughs> talking about the Blazers and to kind of circle back to that. I mean, uh, I have to imagine that there's probably not a whole lot of places in the world that would have pulled you from Spokane. Yes. But getting the opportunity to be back in Portland in a, a a bigger market, but also a market that's that's got a lot going for it right now. You know, the Blazers are you know, they, they, they got a lot of drama right now, certainly with, uh, with some of the front office stuff uh, and the sale potentially, Uh which is, I can't imagine the most fun stuff to cover, but 
you got that. You got the Timbers just, just got a big yeah, win. Like there's, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening in Portland. So I, I got to imagine the excitement level for you, not only coming home, but getting to be in an area where there's a there's kind of a lot of stuff going on has got to be pretty cool. Yeah. In terms of local television, this is pretty much the only job I would have considered going to yeah. um, at this point. Um, yeah. It was this one or trying to pursue something, you know, regionally or nationally. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, those goals still exist. But this sure. was the one where it, it it made a lot of sense to come here to this station. Um, and um, I'm just, yeah, like I said, it was going to take a really, really special place for, for me to leave Spokane. And, and I'm mm-hmm. really lucky to have found a place like that how how i I know you just started um but how have the first couple of days gone how is kind of getting getting back into the rhythm of of being in a different city uh i'm asking selfishly because i'm going to be you know watching coin and checking it out so i'm excited to see kind of how that goes yeah no i mean i mean (laughs) what i'm on day three here um so you know like the first like few i think the first like honestly like i think it's like the first like two to maybe three weeks is like disorienting in a way every time because you're just learning everything and you're like oh am I doing this right am I doing that right am I standing mm-hmm. in the right place am I you know do I know how to use this program <laughs> do I use that program so it's you know kind of figuring that out um so yeah so that's you know it's been a lot of my <laughs> first three days is trying to sure. figure stuff out I just um actually anchored my first sports cast so that was cool um yeah. and um but, you know honestly anchoring is like the easiest thing <laughs> because it doesn't you being on camera doesn't change yep. no matter where you go sure. if that's on you that's not about the station that's who you are mm-hmm. um there's obviously different quirks and everything and so you you work through those quirks but um but yeah i mean i you know i think tomorrow i'm going down to um so i mean when people listen to this i'm assuming that mm-hmm. whenever the people listen to this i'm, I'm going to the world track and field um championships world athletic championships a few times over the next week um and yeah just kind of dipping my toes in and and figuring everything out and you know it'll it'll take a little bit to get comfortable and kind of find who I am and in this place but I am um you know I think it's a really important skill to be able to go places and put yourself out there and try new things and so I'm like all right it's time again so and thankfully I'm going to a place where it's not like I'm coming in here and I'm like totally green. It's not like I'm going to like Pittsburgh or something where it's right. like I know nothing. You know what I mean? That's, that's not what I'm doing. So um so thankfully I'm going to a place where it's it, there's 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 no foreign concepts here. There's just kind of, you know, figuring figuring out your path in it. All right, well, Brent and I are going to come back in the second segment, and we're going to talk about those Gonzaga Bulldogs. We're going to talk about the last couple of conversations that Brennan was able to have with some of the returners, with some of the newcomers on the team. We're going to talk Malachi Smith, Efton Reed. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball may be deep into the offseason, but the MLB, WNBA, and MLS seasons are heating up into the summer months. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline where the game starts.
All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zach, still chatting with Brenna Green of Coin News in Portland. Brenna, I want to talk Zags now. It is locked on Zags after all. We should probably talk a little bit about those Gonzaga Bulldogs. I know you had a chance to speak to Gonzaga's three surprise returners, uh, or at least surprised that all three of them came back. Uh, Rasir Bolton, Mm -hmm. Julian Strother, and Drew Timmy all obviously making decision to come back to Spokane for another year. I'm kind of just curious in, in your conversations with them, uh, if there was kind of any any commonalities you noticed, any like reasons that they maybe all kind of decided to come back or if it was just kind of fluky in, in a way or kind of what what you what read you got on that? Um, I think they all just didn't feel finished. Yeah. They didn't feel like they were finished in Spokane. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Razier, he... Mm-hmm he just kind of started making an impact on the community there. Um, And so I think that that was something that was kind of pulling him back a little bit. Um, Julian, you know, I I think that he's looking to take a bigger role on the team. Um, And so I think he, he wanted, he didn't feel like he was quite finished with that. And and Drew, Drew just loves Gonzaga. So he, he was like, this feels like it's the right decision for me to be back Mm -hmm. here. And I just feel at home. And so, yeah, I just I just don't think they felt like they were quite ready to call it a day. Um, I was just going to say with Drew, he kind of talked about like it was literally a coin flip for him. Like he didn't Mm -hmm. he said he he didn't mean to be the last person or one of the last people to pick, which I sort of believe him. But I'm also not 100 percent sure I believe him. Like I think at at, at some point during that day, he was like, all right, I'm just going to wait till the end. Like I I, knowing him or knowing what I know about him. Yeah, it feels like something he would. Do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, the fact that it was such a hard decision for for two players in particular who probably would have gotten drafted or at the very least would have gotten a very long look in the NBA. Julian, I think almost certainly would have been selected. And for them to, to obviously there are other factors at play with NIL and, and things like that, that that maybe help make that decision a little bit easier. But uh, it's it's just what an incredible kind of testament to the program and, and the staff and the development and, and the fans and everybody in Spokane to, to kind of make these three players who all could have had relatively lucrative professional careers right away, uh, decide to come back to Spokane for another year. It's just a really cool thing that, that doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah, no, totally. I, I think that the, the Zag, the patented Zag community definitely, yeah. definitely played a part. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this team this year. Yeah. Really yeah. excited. Oh man, it's going to be a blast. And we kind of talk about that Zag community and it helped to get these three guys back, but it also almost certainly had a factor in getting two other guys to, to commit mm-hmm. to Gonzaga out of the transfer portal. That's of course, Afton Reed out of LSU, Malachi Smith out of Chattanooga. You had the opportunity to, to talk to both of them. You shared that mm-hmm. audio with me, which I sincerely appreciate it has been up on the locked on Zags podcast. So people can check that out uh, previous episodes if they haven't already. Uh, but again, I'd kind of just love to hear your impression of, of getting a chance to talk to those two guys yeah. and kind of how, based on the personality and stuff, kind of how, how it seems like they're going to fit in Spokane. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malachi was super well-spoken mm-hmm. and just like really um, just, just like you got off of the call and you were like, I feel good. Like, like yeah. that's how you felt talking to Malachi. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. like that, that's awesome. Um, and then uh, Efton, um, Efton just, he seems like he's kind of a, a big teddy bear. And he yeah. also kind of like marches to the beat of his own drum. <laughs> and I appreciate that about him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited to watch the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to have, um, 
I think that that they're going to endear themselves to fans pretty quickly. They both yeah. they both were guys who um, who I, I think really are uh, going to take in this opportunity and appreciate it, and savor it, and yeah. and that's that's really special when people are able to do that. One thing I kind of noticed a little bit in some of the conversations you've had with those guys and some of the other conversations that they've kind of had and, and really a larger conversation about Gonzaga is the ability to to identify guys who are willing to to kind of fight for their roles. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. one of the one of the challenges that Gonzaga ran into early in the transfer portal season uh, was the uncertainty surrounding Drew and Julian and, and Bol- everybody and Bolton, mm-hmm. but specifically with Drew, like Gonzaga was out after some of the top tier big man transfers. Like they were in mm-hmm. on those guys. And I have to assume that those guys weren't willing to commit to a school where they didn't know whether one of the best players in college basketball history was going to be on the team or not. And yeah. I don't blame those guys for making that decision, but Reed did. Like he was willing to do that. He was willing to come into a situation where, hey, maybe I'm going to be the starter and I'm going to play 25 minutes per night on a top 10 team, or maybe I'm going to be, you know, maybe not. And he's obviously still, you know, going to try his best to to get into a situation where he plays a significant amount of minutes. And I'm sure he's going to have a role, but there's no doubt that his amount of playing time got cut significantly with Mm -hmm. Drew Timmy and frankly with, with Julian returning to school. And so Gonzaga has done such a good job uh, of just kind of identifying guys who seem willing to to be in situations where hey maybe it's a development year or maybe you know i'm just going to spend this year learning from you know a guy like drew timmy which can't hurt to get that opportunity but uh, i i just i love gonzaga's ability to to seemingly find the kind of kids who who really are are willing to come in and fight and, and play their roles and don't need to to be outside of their depth or their element and it seems like they got two more really good ones here with 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 smith and reed yeah definitely it's um you know, they, they both seem like guys who are, you know, they're like, look, we know we're going to have to come in and, and yeah. fight for our roles and fight for our spots. And we're totally fine with that. And um, yeah, like you said, not super common in today's landscape to have that, yeah. have that answer. Yeah. And, and I think too, like you, you talk, we talk about the returners, we talk about the newcomers, but you know, there's also guys like, like Nolan Hickman and, and Hunter Salas who are, you know, coming into their sophomore years, maybe, what weren't anticipating as much competition for playing time as they're going to get. Um, neither of those two guys threw their name in the portal after finding out that Smith was coming or Bolton was here, which I think is a testament or neither of them have, have seemed to, to show any displeasure. Um, I want to touch on Hickman a little bit because it kind of ties into your, your time at KREM and your yeah. final story, which was a wonderful, wonderful story about Nolan Hickman and his brother. And I'd kind of love if you could, for people who maybe missed that, who aren't in the yeah. Spokane market, who didn't see it, uh, I thought it was an awesome story, and I, I kind of want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I follow Nolan on Instagram and stuff, mm-hmm. and so I just kept seeing him posting video after video with his little brother, and I thought it was so unique that he has a brother who's like eight years old. Yeah, you know, that's just like not many college athletes have a brother that's that young. Yeah, um, and you could just tell he like loved his brother and mm-hmm. you know nolan is a pretty like cool calm and collected cat yeah he doesn't like show a lot of emotion towards yeah. anything um and and so to see him be so excited about his little brother i was like mm-hmm. this would be a really good opportunity to like kind of show that side of him that doesn't yeah. necessarily come out especially on the basketball court I feel like. yeah um and so yeah anyways i um i talked to gonzaga about doing the story um few months ago and it, it didn't work out and then at hoop fest the whole family was there mm-hmm. like literally mom dad nolan little brother i'm not sure if the sister was there or not i think she mm-hmm. might have been but anyway um and i was like 
yeah, we're going to do this. And so (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I already talked to Gonzaga about, you know, wanting to do this and they seem fine with it. And I get contact with them beforehand, but it didn't work out. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a good story. It was a nice story. And it was something that wasn't a total shock or surprise. So anyways, um, yeah, I I was able to grab them and sit down with them. And that was super cool. And, um, and yeah, just really grateful to the, to Hickman, to the Hickman family for, mm-hmm. for letting me do that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was um, really cool to see them be so, um, excited and, and happy about it too. And it was, uh, it was little Noah's first interview. So <laughs> there you go. I can, I can hold that honor forever. Nobody can ever take that away from me. Your, your last one in Spokane, his first one ever. That's a, a pretty fun story. I'll link to it in the yeah. show notes for anybody who missed it and Thank wanted you. to take a look at it. Brett, I wanted to switch gears on you a little bit. I wanted to talk about the big news in college sports, the news that, of course, happened while you were probably trying to wrap up the end of your time um, in, a, in a media market with a Pac-12 school. So, of course, as a nice little parting gift for you, USC and UCLA threw up their deuces and bounced out of the Pac-12 or heading over to the Big Ten. Uh, pretty significant, significant, significant changes uh, for college sports. Um Obviously, you probably focused more on the Washington State side of things, which is a bit more dire in their situation and a bit more immediate and how it's mm-hmm. going to impact them. But there's certainly been conversation about how this could impact. It's going to be a seismic shift uh, in college sports, potentially. And there's 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 the possibility that it could impact Gonzaga. And I'm curious if you have any kind of thoughts on that or, or guesses there or just uh, uh, just yeah. what the whirlwind was like when, when that news kind of came down. <sighs> First of all, that was the day I was moving out. I thankfully I'd moved all of like the items out of my apartment the day before, but that was the day that I was moving like officially (laughs) out of my apartment. So I'm literally like vacuuming and I look down at my phone and I'm like, oh, something's (laughs) happening. What's that? Oh, no. (laughs) And it totally screwed up the rest of the week, by the way. Yeah. It was very inside baseball. I was going to use that day to work on the Nolan Nolan and Noah Hickman story. And so then I had to move that to working on it on Friday. So I worked a double on Friday. Uh, I worked until like 11 o'clock that night to get that story done because I was like, my manager's like, are you sure? Like, you don't have to do this. I was like, no, I have to do this story. I have to do this story. Um, and so anyways, yeah, but totally screwed up <laughs> my whole week. Um, yep. And uh, so anyways, yeah, like I... Um, I, yeah, I mean, for Gonzaga, I think, yeah, you, you mentioned that obviously the situation is a little bit more dire for WSU, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think it has, I think it's huge. Um, and, you know, I think the Pac-12 at this point is like kind of done with the trying to like, like, not that they started, but um, they're, they're not going to make any rash decisions right yeah, now. Yeah. They're not going to make any quick decisions. So, you know, if I'm the Pac-12, they have got to get, um, hmm. Screw it. They gotta get their heads out of their butts. Um and uh and stop, you know, acting yeah. like like stop this whole like we're a superior academic contest. Yeah. So con- superior ac- academic conference. Mm-hmm. Uh because they need to start looking at their future and figuring out what makes the most sense. And yeah. you know, I I definitely think for them, like why at, at this point, 
now that you know that you're in this situation, why would you not approach Gonzaga mm-hmm. and be, you know, and try to get, you know, the, the yeah, they don't have football, whatever, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame doesn't have football and they belong to the ACC for all their other sports. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that, I think that that's, I think that it would be a real, um, I think that it would be a, a, a real blunder if the Pac-12 didn't at least explore that option with GU. And obviously, you know, it's, it's not just going to be um, the Pac-12 coming after GU. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, those, those big East rumors didn't come out absolutely nowhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that that was not something where it was like, oh, somebody just made this up and it was all over the internet. No, there mm-hmm. was there was stuff going on behind the scenes. So, yeah. um, so anyways, um, you know, well, it's going to be really interesting to watch Gonzaga over the next few years. I, think I love the WCC, and, mm-hmm. and I love, you know, but I think it would be a real mistake if Gonzaga ended up staying in it. I do. Yeah, that's that's basically exactly where I'm at. It's like you have to you have to see this through. You have to explore this. Like uh, obviously, the the travel component has long been the sticking point, mm-hmm. and it's not a uh, it's not an easy hurdle to clear, but it is far from an impossible hurdle to clear. Uh, yeah. And and USC and UCLA are in different situations for a lot of reasons, uh, hundreds of millions of reasons, uh, mm-hmm. frankly, uh, and they have abilities that Gonzaga doesn't necessarily have. Uh, and, and people are like, well, how is UCLA going to move all their other sports? Like, yeah, they, they can do that. They, that's not hard for them to do. It's more challenging for Gonzaga to do, but also mm-hmm. not impossible. Um, and, and I don't I, a lot of people have, have reached out to me. And one of the questions that they asked me is like, well, why doesn't Gonzaga just only move basketball? Uh, and just leave the rest of the sports in the WCC. Oh and I, the WC, like I don't know what your read here is, I don't, but I don't know why the WCC would would agree. To, like they would no, they would never. <laughs> They're not going to no. do that. They're not doing that. Okay, well, hopefully, like, if people are listening. They can stop asking me that question because yeah, I no, that, that would. I mean, the WCC would be like, why would we do that? And that's yeah. you know, that's the biggest the biggest mm-hmm. sticking point. Like, it's not like the Pac-12 was going to be like, oh yeah, sure, you mm-hmm. can have you know. I'm just throwing out a random sport like women's mm-hmm. cross country run in the Pac-12. Right. That's just not. That's, yeah. That's, they're not going to agree to that either. So. Right. Um, that's why that's a that's, that's a huge issue. And it's not like you can invite people to go have everybody go else everybody else go play in the mm-hmm. in the big sky. Like <laughs> that's not going to work either. So that's yeah. that's the biggest difficulty that can play. Yeah. Has. Um, in difference. terms in terms of the Big East, anyways, mm-hmm. um, all those concerns go out the window if it's Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I've heard the Big Sky one too, and I was like, I, I can't imagine uh, no. having worked in higher education, worked in college athletics. I could not imagine uh, Chris Standiford going to all of his other coaches and saying, "So you're all going to nope. go to the Big Sky?" <laughs> like, could you? Imagine he wouldn't do that either. From 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 what I've heard, he's very like conscientious of the other sports. Yeah, and he doesn't want to. He and and if he has to move basketball, he will do his best to not. Um, mess up other sports in that process. Yeah, which is the correct way to handle it. Uh, yes. and, and and obviously, like no AD wants to rock the boat, uh, but especially when you're a relatively new AD and with uh-huh. Gonzaga's other sports having a lot of success, like to to do anything. What a first year for him. Yeah, I know. By right? the way, <laughs> yeah. What a Mike yeah. Roth is like hot diggy dog. I got out at the right time. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I know to have to navigate the NIL, to navigate the, the you know, the portal stuff, to navigate uh, a couple of uh, bad decisions from some coaches, to navigate the, all of these, uh, the Shocking. conflict realignment. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been a he's he's probably aged uh, more than one year in the last year, I would imagine. That'd be fair to say. <laughs> yeah, not no doubt. Um, so the last question I wanted to ask you, kind of sticking on the realignment thing, you kind of already touched mm -hmm. on it a little bit, yeah. um, but I can ask you questions now uh, as a Zag fan, more though more so okay. than yes. a media member. So I was yeah, curious. Yeah, totally what you want to see Gonzaga do. Like yeah. we know the ins and outs, we know some of the, the sticking points, but you know, if you had a choice as somebody who watches this team as a fan, like yeah. what would you want to see them do? To be honest, I'd answer this question as a media member anyways, because <laughs> I think that, I think that, uh, I think, I think that part of being in the media sometimes is offering your opinion about mm -hmm. things. And, mm -hmm. and I didn't shy away from that. Sometimes people wouldn't like that, but that's yeah. okay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, um, I mean, like, selfishly i'd love for them to go to the pac-12 because yeah. then you know you're keeping the zags on the west coast they're still going to get some pretty good basketball games mm -hmm. and um and you know that's it, it makes sense for everybody involved the mm -hmm. most yeah. realistically i think they're going to go to the big east yeah. um and and you know Cool. What really, who, who, I mean, obviously the athletes lose out a little bit going to the Big East, but who really loses out if they go to the Big East is the fans. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got tip times that are going to be at three o'clock on some days, West mm -hmm. Coast time, like maybe even earlier than that. Like mm -hmm. you, you know, trying to figure out what network everything is on, <laughs> um, you know, not that, like, yeah. you know, everything's perfect on that end right now either. But, um, you know, like it's, it's that they're still just like, there's so many adjustments and things and, you know, like, it's not like, you know, um, Gonzaga is going to play at Portland again for the first time in like yeah. two or three yeah. years this year, mm -hmm. um, which I'm very excited about. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm sure you are. And so, you know, like there's so many, a, a lot of Gonzaga alums live up and down the West coast and places mm -hmm. like San Diego, San Francisco, yeah. um, you know, Portland, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so now you're going to lose out on those opportunities to go see, um, yeah. Gonzaga games because they're going to be over in Philadelphia yeah. and, yeah. uh, you know, Washington DC and yeah. stuff like that. And so that's, that's, and it, you know, as I mentioned, it's really hard to get into the kennel. Yeah. So it's not like it's an option for fans to go buy a seat in the kennel. That's it's not an option. Yeah. So if, you know, Gonzaga does go to the big East, like basically you're either going to have to plan a trip to go see them, or you're going to have to hope and pray that they're playing a non-conference game in your hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's the thing that has me the most conflicted about the big East is that um, the people who really lose out in that situation are, are the fans. Absolutely. Brenna, Thank you so much, uh, not just for coming on the show today, but for coming on the show at multiple times over the last <laughs> couple of years, uh, for sharing content, uh, all of that. I really appreciate it. Uh, the Spokane Media Market, I know, is going to miss you. I can speak from personal experience, but also I feel comfortable speaking for the Gonzaga fan base uh, that, that we're going to be sad to see you go, but obviously excited for you uh, and, and your future in Portland. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, like Zag Twitter was like a highlight of my four years <laughs> in Spokane. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously, obviously, as every fan base is on Twitter, mm -hmm. there can be volatile moments. Oh, there yeah. can be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, I, I really felt um, really felt like embraced by that by yeah. that uh, by that Twitter. And I won't be a stranger, by the way. You know, obviously, like Gonzaga is going to. 
um, play down here for the PK 85. So I will definitely be covering them. Then they'll Mm -hmm. play down here again against Portland. I would be shocked if I'm not in Las Vegas (laughs) for the WCC tournament. I'm going to try to make that one happen. And, uh, best friend from Gonzaga lives in Austin. So uh, Trip may be on the docket there. So uh, (laughs) anyways, yeah, I'm just, um, I definitely plan to still be around this team a fair amount um, next year. And uh, that kind of made the transition a little easier too. I'm not going to lie. Because I'm like, okay, I'll get to see some some of my peeps and and interact with Gonzaga Twitter in that way. So, um, So yeah, you will still see some Gonzaga content on this feed every once in a while. So hopefully you don't hate it. Hopefully, hopefully people, people like it. There you go. I, I am sure that they will. Brenna, thank you again. Uh, that's going to do it for me today and for this week. Uh, check out the show on uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can also check it out on YouTube as well. Thank you all for listening and go Zags. <laughs>